Of let me tell you something as myself, Lorcan Merlin, and my co-host Cross continue their quest to watch every match that they can find that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has rated five stars or higher, and see how we personally feel about them, reflect on the matches themselves, give a not critique necessarily, but um, uh, spark a discussion, and hopefully we all have a good time. Until the next time, hey uh, Simon, we're on course for a little mini trilogy in and of itself as usually there are long gaps between five star matches for a while there was a gap of let's see the numbers 1904 days but these ones literally come one after the other after the other on a three-day weekend what are we covering tonight well, it's time to grab your dead mate and go for a wrestling weekend at Bernie's. We are covering semi-final number one at the G1 Climax, well, the 27th G1 Climax, I should say, uh, taking place on the 11th of August 2017. We have Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace of New Japan, taking on the leader of Los Ingonobles de Ingo Japón. Ingobernables. Ah, see, you're not being tranquilo about the pronunciation. Anyway, it's Tetsuya Naito. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the A Block final, and it's a bitter rivalry that's been going on. This is um, perfectly set up this weekend. At the, this point, um, New Japan has a very clear big four, as it were, in their main event scene. Uh, they main evented the main two shows at the uh, Wrestle Kingdom 11 event. They main evented the subsequent Dominion show two months uh, ago after this one. So, yet so again, both the, the major belts as well. Both the major belts. And like that, this is for the major tournament as well. So this is like early 2000s Premiership Big Four going on um, as the other block final. And our episode next time will be Kazuchika Okada and Kenny Omega facing off in the block B finals. Uh, this isn't the final in and of itself as so far as it's been a knockout tournament. It's just the way that everything's turned out in the blocks. Unless we have a double countout situation, then we're going to get uh, a win. The, whoever wins this match will go on to the final. If it's a time Yeah, they're tied draw, on 14 each? They're both tied on 12 each at this point. 12 each. I think one other person has 12 points as well, and I'm not sure what the head-to-head -head count looks so maybe they could sneak through on a technicality. Uh, on away goals. Yeah. Um, I'll just have a look at the block. Uh, so the, it was Bad Luck Farley also had 12 points as they went oh, okay. to the end of this. And let's just see how he was head-to-head -head with Tanahashi. And One of them had beaten Naito. Farley. He'd lost to Tanahashi, uh, but he had beaten Naito. Yeah. So, I don't know. There would have had to be some sort of playoff if... There weren't a winner, but there was a winner. Um, going in, they were one and one. Uh, this has gone on. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Tetsuya Naito have been able to hold on to the belt that he hates more than anything, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> um, and 
Then six months down the line, they had a rematch at Dominion and Tanahashi was able to extract a submission from Naito with his Texas Cloverleaf hold to win the IWGP Intercontinental Championship back and get it all painted and refitted because it was in a terrible state after what Naito had done to it. You've scuffed the shit out of it. Turtle wax for days. You can buff belt. it out. You can't buff it out, Naito. <laughs> That'd be fine. <laughs> The office will buy you a new one. <laughs> You're the ace. Mm. So one of the things about the G1 Climax is that it's uh, essentially a very long... It's, it's, you know, it's the mecca for five-star matches. It will continue to be uh, over the next couple of years as well. I didn't know New Japan did bingo. Yes. And it's um, five matches and... Uh, five ugh, five star matches, but also four and three quarter star, four and a half stars. If you you know if you don't want to gouge your eyes out at the notion, four and four one, four and a quarter star matches. Even there's plenty full of of all of them, plus whatever Toriano gets up to, and um, but they they seem to have paced themselves perfectly, given that the final three big matches, essentially the semifinals and the finals, are the one that Dave Meltzer goes five stars or maybe more. Um, but he went five with this one, and it's a uh, like I said, the, the funny thing with the Naito Tanahashi relationship is that it's so New Japan just seems to get interpersonal relationships so well done right. in this. Yeah, there are very few promotions that just get this. Like one of the things, like one of my favorite TV shows ever is The West Wing. And one of the things I always loved about the West Wing was that it... And you could also say this for, like, uh, someone like Friends as well. Where this ensemble of characters, and it seems like every pairing has their own very clearly defined chemistry and character dynamic to them. Yeah. Chandler around Ross was different to Chandler around Joey. Joey around Rachel was different to Joey around Phoebe. Very much, you know, particularly Mm. the later Jump the Shark years. Yeah, and so it's that sense that Naito, the one person that it bothers him the most is Tanahashi, and like we've said in the previous uh, episodes, it is because he was supposed to be the inheritor of Tanahashi's mantle, and it got taken away from him. He clearly thinks somewhat unjustly through both Tanahashi and the upstart Okada from the you know who usurped him. Yeah. So the opportunities were taken from him by Tanahashi, by the office, by the Intercontinental Championship. And that it was Tanahashi that bothered him the most. And so to get a victory over Tanahashi was much more important to him. But there is also still that underlying disciple, master, like, or, or at the very least, in, like, he wasn't like Tanahashi was his coach, but Tanahashi was like his... Mentor. M- not even mentor, just like Tanahashi was this standard that Naito felt like Influence. he had to aspire to, you know? He was he influenced him in that sense. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, there are obviously like wrestling examples you can look at like um Zabisco and Samatino as an obvious one. Um but also in popular culture as well, I guess there's a lot of um Obi Wan and Anakin to this relationship as well. You were what, the uh, chosen one. I don't think anyone gets the higher ground in this. <laughs> well, does Tana? They both tried to get the higher ground psychologically early on, 
Because it's funny, like, the whole thing about Naito, again, is that it's all about mind games and not wanting to engage on anything other than his terms. Because, like mm. I said, the whole thing about Naito was I played by the rules and it didn't get me anywhere. So I'm not going to play by anyone's conventions or rules. I'm going to do what I feel like doing. So he won't lock up and wrestle someone unless he wants to. He won't get angry if he doesn't feel like it. He won't look like he cares if he wants it to look like he cares. Even yeah. though that means he actually cares even more, like I said. You know, like, my constant thing that I've gone back to again and again is that Tanahashi, like, like Naito is a wronged teenager in the way yeah. that he behaves in so many ways. And, like I said, he wants, at times it's like he wants to look like he doesn't care. Uh, for example, and Tanahashi knows that, and Tanahashi feels like he's going to play Naito at his own game. So after Naito does his traditional, you know, not engaging in the lockup. And, like, telling, literally telling the crowd to calm down, it's not that important. Like, I don't care about this. Why should you guys care about this? So then... The crowd who are really into him as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, like I said, the whole... It's a generational cultural conflict going on in Japan that, that Naito was reflecting in his behaviour as well. Uh, like, lashing out against that more traditional older generation that had, been prom- that had promised them this stuff. And then, when it came, they didn't get it. Yeah. So, like, he was promised all the golden opportunities that Tanahashi got and continued to get, and it didn't happen to him. Not under the right circumstances, anyway. Uh, even when he beat Tanahashi at the G1 Climax, it wasn't like it wasn't treated like how Okada got a victory over Tanahashi, and it was like, he's the new ace of the promotion, you know? Um, so, like I said, Tanahashi knows that he can get to Naito like no one else can. Like, one of the only times Naito did, like, act out angrily when he first went into this character was when he faced Tanahashi at the uh, G1 Climax where he debuted the Destino and after the match when he won that match he posed with his foot on the head of um, Tanahashi doing his tranquilo pose and so when so Tanahashi knows that he has to engage Naito and get into his head as well and so that's why when they got, get into the ropes after Tan- and Naito had done like a cocky slap when he got him into the ropes, Tanahashi returned, slaps him in the face, and then goes in for a clinch so that Naito <laughs> can't even get away or act as if he doesn't care. Uh, it's brilliant. It's just it's... What I like about... Uh, Ta- and it comes across a lot in this match about uh, Tanahashi is he is a good character in terms of like he, he is by and large fought by the people for the people i i am the ace you know that's me but he's not afraid to engage in the dark arts yeah uh, but it, it's not like it's an entire betrayal of his moral code it's just like oh this guy is i've got an in yeah like it's a it's a competitive it's the right thing to do as a competitor, so yeah. I'm going to do it. Well, it's like John Cena never entirely got rid of the Doctor of Thugonomics within him. Yeah. He could attack someone and send them through a wall or whatever. You know. A great example is uh, the Raw after he's lost to Rusev. Yeah, paper- you bring this up quite a lot. But I don't know how much of that is like Shades of Grey and the John Cena character and how much of that is Vince McMahon thinking, this is what good people do. <laughs> just uh, batter him this is morally just <laughs> or um, but I think also there is some, yeah there is some of Cena in Tanahashi that overwhelming company favourites but also I think like you say with the subtle intricacy and the sense that he will does he'll bend the rules to his advantage yeah 
at times in uh, the Okada matches, as we saw, will break them when mm. desperation sets in. Well, you look at um, so I would also make an obvious comparison of Bret Hart, who could yeah. do babyface, but then within babyface, he could be the aggressor when wrestling someone like the British Bulldog or Babyface Diesel, Shawn Michaels, his Raw match against the One Two Three Kid, when the Hart Foundation would wrestle the Rockers in face versus face tag matches, he would more often than not take the role of the subtle heel in those sort of matches. Mm. Uh, it's not quite as subtle here, I don't. Well, think, it's not. But... It's, it's the funny thing, isn't it, that Naito can be the heel, but here is like I think it's because there was this sense of this was Naito's moments. Yes, like, there there are so many steps towards his redemption and this seems like a clear step because even though he beat Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom, Tanahashi returned it at Dominion and got a submission victory as well out of him, he didn't just pin him, he forced him to submit Yeah, and so that's really called on in the later stages of the match as well Um, and so it's like he broke Tanahashi's, he broke Naito's will in that match Um, well you got the man who doesn't care to tap out where you have to choose to quit so he had to care about his health enough to quit yeah or like he felt something he felt so much pain from tanahashi's move that he had to submit yeah either way he had to acknowledge what's going on Mm. um something that you know tranquilo people don't like to do really they just like to be tranquilo yeah and so like when and it's kind of symbolized in in the moment when Tanahashi, when Naito does do the tranquilo pose, Tanahashi knows it's coming and he's already doing the run around to the right part of the ring. And so then you've got the camera, this great camera shot where it's on Naito doing the tranquilo pose and suddenly Tanahashi runs into the shot and kicks him in the back of the head. He just appears from nowhere and starts <laughs> stamping. Like, uh, no, I was about, the camera is great there, you're right. It's just, it is just a great shot of just, as you say, Naito on his own, and then it's just disruption. Mm. Ah, it's just shot blood. New Japan just shoots stuff well. Mm. Um, we don't everything. Everything's obviously shot great. You just have to hear our World of Sports series to say that. But when stuff's shot good, oh, it's beautiful. I um... so, so like I said, the, the, also with the G1 climax, uh, there there are tournament long storylines. One wrestler will have a bad start. Usually, there will usually be at least one person who loses the first two or three matches in their run and they end up being in the in the at least the hunt in the final match of the night uh, in the final um series of the in the final uh, show of that block they'll be in the, yeah. in the running like in the most recent one Jay White lost his first three matches and then he suddenly became uh the, he just went on the win streak to be in with a shout Towards the end. Towards the end. Um, One of the uh, great ins with, obviously, tournament stuff is, as you say, you can build stories. Uh, Tanahashi's um, arm, had he done the bicep before the G1? Uh, Yeah, well, Tanahashi's basically had a a very long-time arm injury throughout the course of the year, basically. I think he Mm. might have had it at Wrestle Kingdom, and like he was... Like and that had been a factor of certain key losses to people. Like I think Zack Saber Junior might have beaten him on the first night of the tournament. Yes, going after the arm, and that became an overriding story over the course of the tournament. And we'll see more of that within the Okada match. So Tanahashi's going into this wounded, and you can see it like at various points, like he does become desperate to mm. try and win it early, um, and Naito just keeps going after that arm. 
Yeah, so, he's like, going, so, going for his arm. Oh, they've got a name for it, but um, he it's basically a Kimura, but he's obviously got his own name yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, at one point, Tanahashi gets into the ropes and Naito keeps holding on to it. Whenever, like, he's trying to turn the momentum, he will go after the arm. He'll drop kick the arm. He'll attack mm. the arm. And so late on into the match, Tanahashi goes back to what, what works for him so often, and that is targeting Naito's knee. Yeah. Well, the dragon screw is just so embedded in what he does mm. and who he is. And obviously it leads naturally to the move that be- he beat him with at Dominion. So why oh. wouldn't you... Yeah, why wouldn't you do that again? Well, those moves usually hurt the back and the neck more, but you can say it hurts the knees depending on how you apply the pressure and, and where you want to put it. Yeah. But when I when I think of the like a sharpshooter or a Boston Crab or anything like that, even though it's the legs that they're holding on to... That's really for leverage and weight, yeah. so that they can apply. Like you know, I'm sure you've had a sadistic relative <laughs> or friend put you in one of those holes, and it's the back that hurts. Do you know what? It's one legs. of those moves, wrestling moves, that everyone can do. So therefore, at some point, it's been done to you, and you've done it to someone. What's and that, you're the right. Boston crab. Yeah, the Boston yeah, crab. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh god, there are plenty of people back. that can't do the sharpshooter, so, yeah. such as the Rock <laughs> or Lacey Evans. I don't know. I haven't seen Lacey Evans's version of it, but um, she's uh, she's currently doing, uh, and a funeral of Natalia. She's using the sharpshooter. At time shoot. of recording. At time of recording. Sorry. Um. Yeah, it's like that. That's I that, like. I never like to criticize a wrestler and how they do things, especially in the ring, like the fundamentals and the mechanics, because there's obviously things I just don't understand and don't know at all. That's rare humility for a wrestling fan to say. <laughs> But I honestly, honestly can say I can do the sharpshooter better than The Rock chooses to do the sharpshooter, at least. <laughs> it's like um, John's STF, isn't it? That old age old, he's not applying neck pressure at all, uh, sort of thing. He's got all that gap. But uh, it is what it is. People do things in their own way. They get their own like habits. Um, one thing I did really like, going back to the match itself, uh, is a great bit of shitbaggery. I'm not going to say shit housery. Okay. Because uh, that Fushi holds a special place in my heart, and I can't quite equate the two from Naito. When uh, he gets like a, a standardized armbar in, and um, whenever Tanahashi grabs the rope, he lets go. And when Tanahashi lets go of the rope, he reapplies it straight. Yeah. And they do it like three or four times. It's just like, did you not think to move him? But it's just like, no, I just want to hurt him a bit more. Uh, yeah, there, there is just that clear. Like you say, desperation. It's like, you know, Tanahashi is is a wounded animal going into this match, and Naito yeah. s- smells the blood in the water. To slightly mix metaphors there, but um, as after he does like his um, desperation dragon screw to like sort of try and get back the flow of the match, he does swing for the fences straight away. Mm, yeah, like, yeah, Naito's yeah. rolled to the outside, and he just immediately goes for the high fly flow. Yeah, yeah, like, hits him big just to level the playing field like even out the damage yeah it's like um there's a very spot like like tanahashi knocks um oh there's a great bit yeah like like tanahashi just has to go for unusual things and like like you say so one brief moment when naito's got because night i love this bit actually um because naito does kind of dominate for quite a long period long long periods and tanahashi just tries to stay in the game with with knee attacks yeah and you do get you know, it's New Japan, so you've got to have the forearm exchange. And Tanahashi really sells the arm being hurt. as they. So then he switches to uh, 
fighting left, left arms. Yeah. But what's interesting with that is that Naito also switches to left arm. Like, he wants to show that he can beat him on a level playing field, maybe? Like, because this is all about machismo in that in that moment. Yeah, I think that's also a visual thing as well. Like, left to left isn't a great visual compared to... Like, no, left to right it, it isn't a great visual. It makes sense that the reason that, that like, Tanahashi's doing that is because his, his good arm's hurt. But Naito yeah. logically can be like, my arm's not hurt. My good arm's not hurt. Yeah. I, I just think as a, I'm fairly sure it's because of how it is as a visual. But anyway, like That's Tanahashi right. gets a, like a a, a a roar of energy and then starts going for European uppercuts, and uh, he knocks him down, um, and he he fires up, and so it's like, oh, he's got a house of fire, and so Naito immediately puts the brakes on, not by hitting him with anything, but just by spitting, spitting in his face. But it is that, like, like I said, it's all about trying to. They're constantly one-upping each other. They're trying yeah. to get... Not just hurt each other physically, they're trying to get into the other one's head. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like they, then they get into slaps and Naito hits a German suplex for a good... Uh, and then goes for the dragon suplex. I mean, he's already weakened the neck significantly by this point mm-hmm. with some of those neck breakers he's hit. That draping one... Um, the one onto the apron followed by the draping one to the floor. Just brutal. In terms of like, not in terms of obviously like actual like head drops or anything, just in terms of how you can like do moves that don't involve being dropped just on your head, mm. but they can still look really nasty. Yeah. So yeah, like I love this one bit though that Tanahashi kind of has to knock Naito off his balance just like by doing something unorthodox, so that when Naito runs the ropes, usually, and this is a common spot in these to the point that you can now see it happening. Yeah. The other person follows them or hits them with a counter. But instead, Tanahashi basically does a crisscross. He changes his momentum, his course of direction. So he's coming from the other side. So Naito's going for a flying forearm. Tanahashi literally isn't there. And he turns into a sling blade. Yeah. And then Tanahashi immediately goes to the top and does a high fly flow cross body and goes for a high fly flow again. And it's kind of like, nah, Naito's not in that. He's not, he's not hurt He's not enough stunned to, enough. To yeah. So it is that sense of desperation on Tanahashi's part at this point. Like, he's just looking for any kind of possible opening. You kind of expect him to go for inside cradles and so on. Yeah. And then, because, um, yeah, he misses. Not only does he miss the high fly float, the second high fly float, then he's like, just runs into, like, a corner crossbody sort of thing and misses that as well. So he is just big, big swings at this yeah. point. Right. Uh, so Tanahashi does this thing where he sort of drops the uh, Naito sorry does this thing where he drops Tanahashi from the top rope and it's that sense of Naito has this mat has control of the match and so Tanahashi's going to have to pull one out yet again through like his experience and just his, his tenacity um, and so and that's exactly what he does because Ta- Naito goes for a second rope Destino or a second rope swinging DDT and so Tanahashi uses that moment to get him with a court with a dragon screw off of the ropes. And then immediately, like he tried earlier and Naito being able to block it, he gets on the Texas Cloverleaf. Oh, and he wrenches it as well. It's really greatly it's, applied. It's like, cloverleaf. it's like, you know, lion tamer angles. Yes. Uh, with Naito trying to get to the ropes and gritting his teeth. Now, this is where another thing of like long term, like tournament wide booking and how Gato does this so well. Earlier on in the night. Zack Sabre Jr. had had a match with Tomohiro Ishii. And mm. he was putting Tomohiro Ishii into a number of submission holds to the point that he had, like, like Knight Sabre sometimes does, he 
has his arms and legs so tied up there's no obvious way for Naito for Ishii to indicate that he does submit. Yeah. So that ultimately the referee makes a judgment and says I'm stopping the match. And so that that's what they're saying this is a potential finish to a match. So they're so it's like they can give Naito an out booking wise without him losing by submission again. Yeah. Because the ref can call it. If... And, you know, you can get like a you know Stone Cold Steve Austin in a WrestleMania 13 situation as well. And like yeah. he needs, to, and he's telling the referee, he's basically saying tonight, oh, I need to see movement. I need to see you trying to get out. And that's got the crowd like on their feet, uh, cheering on Naito. And he does finally make it to the ropes. And then he um, just seems to have pissed him off more than anything else because then he uh, hits his like tornado DDT. Mm. It's like swinging DDT. Then he's like super Destino. Uh, and then he goes for another Destino because he really wants to put... He's like, he's like I've got to put Well, it's like there is now. equivalent of the short Rainmakers. He yeah. has his... Like the proper Destino is the arm ringer, full rotation. Mm. But he hit like... The, the first one was second rope. So he's just mm. trying to put the exclamation point on it. Uh, and then Tanahashi blocks him and then just tries to... Put him in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, he does his twist and shout neck break, which they'd earlier done a really good, like, quite long battle for leverage over the neck break where they were both rotating several times in the mm. ring. I was, I really like that as, like, a unique example of doing something like a test of strength or anything like that, like a, a battle for control, but it was over a move that you don't really see that for. Yeah. You know, like, we saw how Misawa and Kabashi were so good at that with, like, that sort of. Uh, bow and arrow arm submission mm. um, or like when um, they struggle for like a power bomb or a German yeah, and yeah, then like, yeah. he had to like really wrench well, and no, then this was more like the early technical exchanges so it's yeah. more like when they're working over a wrist lock you know wrist lock's a great example yeah, yeah yeah but like you say again this is Tanahashi trying to go for the desperation of it but Naito can just weather the storm keep the control that he's managed to maintain for most of this match because he is in a better physical state going into this and maybe he just wants it more and he's able to hit uh, escape the sling blade by turning it into a running Destino follows it up with a proper Destino and the, gets the three counts and like I said the significance to like Naito's redemption and, and what he's looking for and, and it's like he's checking off lists like he's you know um, Uma Thurman in Kill Bill it's like <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. beat Tanahashi, win the G1, beat Omega, who he, who beat him the previous year, beat Okada, Harder. hold the revenge, title, get revenge on the Intercontinental title. Like main event Wrestle all of these Kingdom. Things. Yeah, and main event Wrestle Kingdom, and win the heavyweight title at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. So he's doing all of those things, and so this is like stage two, essentially. He got his, he had his time showing the Intercontinental title, what he thought about it. And now he's definitively beaten Tanahashi 2-1 in their series over the course of the year. Um, and so, and like I said, like, I think this is an important callback that he basically doesn't look at Tanahashi for the rest of the time that Tanahashi's in the ring and gets rolled out of the ring. Because it's almost like he's past it now. He's it's had, done. There's nothing, there's nothing left to them. So he doesn't even do, like I said, that previous G1 climax where we first sort of that triggered this feud in a, in um and at that time Naito needed to step on the head of Tanahashi this time he doesn't do that yeah it's all about him it's not about him beating Tanahashi like that's irrelevant now 
you don't look at your bin bag after you've taken it out to like you know get I'm collected, sure do you? I would love that analogy. Well, but that's how Naito sees it. It's like it's gone. It's mm. just done. I, I am finished with this. Mm. He is out. Like he is nothing to me right now. It's just past. It's the past. So you just don't care about history. So that was part one. That was our uh, Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, Simon, what did you think of it? What I love about the G1 is it's uh, it's just like double concentrate squash. (laughs) It's so much just packed into a short amount of time. Well, it has that sense of like the the epic big grand slam or the, the, you know, this is what the year builds up to for so many sports. Like this is their world championship. In terms of the like, actual in-ring time limits as well it mm. sort of it, it, forces it, it a different type of it, yeah yeah forces a different kind of storytelling um i really i i i, I like naito I, I just really do he's, I just, he's just warming to me the more and more i see him one of the problems i do have though is and you've alluded you've mentioned this uh especially in the last couple of episodes you've mentioned this a lot it's a uh, good match fatigue. Yeah. Um, I think it's because you're starting to see the structuring. You're starting to see the formula. And it's a winning formula. Yes. But, you know, you can't have Sunday roast every day. You can certainly try, though. Um, I am going to give this match five stars. You are? I am. Yes. I. Whether or not it... It's, 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 it's a five, but... I, I guess maybe I I'm think, burnt out. I don't know. It's I think tough. It's, I think it's a storytelling vehicle of characters. Mm. It's fantastic. Not enough of the match itself stood out to me for me to say it's perfect five stars all the way. Okay. But again, that's something spoiled for choice. So I'm not quite going five stars, but yeah. it's still an exceptionally good match and if it was and it could very well be the better the most you know that could be the best match if you put it against all the matches of other years you know in in certain years in the 80s and 90s or or the 2000s like you say we're just spoiled for choice right now yes it's like yeah it's like how you know Andy Murray would have won so many grand slams he just happened to be around at the time of the three greatest players of all time you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this match or, would stand out in so many other years, but because of what it's surrounded by, it doesn't. Yeah, it's like how like how much more would we revere either Ronaldo or Messi if they both weren't sort of around at the same time? Or do we, or do we admire them even more because they've had to do it at the time when they had a rival that was worthy of them, that that pushed them even further, you know? It's like, would, would Muhammad Ali have been the greatest if he didn't have Joe Frazier and George Foreman? And well, it's, uh, it's a bit different because that's direct competition in boxing, whereas in football, it's you do compete against each other, but very it's not rarely. like skating, Simon. It is competitive. It is competitive, but it's it's A, it's a team sport, and B, you don't face each other. It's almost as if it's an overwhelming doesn't majority. work, and we should go on. <laughs> no, we should torture it some more. <laughs> At least until the UN call us. They'll never call. They'll write anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, long may it continue. But anyway, Simon, if people want to get in touch with you and talk about um, football analogies and how they work for wrestling, how can they do so? <laughs> uh, they can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for the number of, net, of different areas that Naito neck-breakered Tanahashi onto. 
<laughs> My name's Lil Kamal, and that's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for Aston Villa. N for Nottingham Forest. No, not Birmingham. Two of the more unlikely European Cup winners. <laughs> uh, have you won the European Cup? Anyway, uh, anyway, uh, you can get in touch with the show, lmtyspod at gmail.com. Uh, you can get in touch with me by lorcamullen at gmail.com, Twitter, Facebook, Letterbox, etc., etc., if you shave um, the at gmail.com off of LMTOS pod, that's how you get in touch with the show's Twitter. Mm-hmm. And maybe one day we'll tweet from that account, won't we, Simon? We do, on occasion. Do we? We do. Okay. Uh, but what can people expect with our next episode? What is our two towers, Simon? Oh, Jesus. What a two towers. Um, if you like wrestling, you'll love this. <laughs> If you like wrestling, obviously you're here. But um, what I mean by that is we're seeing Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada. What's not to love about that? Well, there's nothing left to say at this point except my name's Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star tranquilo time. Until the next time.